Welcome to the Littler Labor and Employment Podcast, conversations about employment and labor law issues that impact the workplace. Hi, this is Keith Rosenblatt of Littler Mendelssohn. I'm here with Littler shareholder Russ McEwen, who is a member of the firm's construction industry practice group. The topic we're discussing today is apprenticeship programs, which has been in the news quite a bit lately. Russ, give me the 50,000-foot view. Why all the buzz about apprenticeship lately? Keith, you know, if you talk to developers and contractors, those in the industry, you recognize that there is a very severe shortage of labor right now, and it's been that way for a couple of years, really since the Great Recession. You had a flight of talent from the industry. People gave up when there was no building going on, and they just never came back when the building boom started. So now here we are with a vibrant economy and a vibrant construction market, and the shortage is only that much more evident. Then you throw in a very aggressive infrastructure agenda that the federal government is touting, one that some say could add millions of construction jobs to the economy, and the problem becomes one that, if it's not addressed, it could be a real showstopper. So I think recognizing this, we're hearing more and more at the federal level, including from the president himself, and also at the state level, that apprenticeship programs are a really vitally important way to attract people to construction industry jobs, attract them to a specific industry, in this case, construction, and keep them tethered by showing them in a structured way, you know, a way to learn and develop a career path. So I I think that this is something that that does not get resolved overnight. I think it's something we're going to hear a lot more about as we move forward. So what exactly is an apprenticeship program? As I'm referring to it, an apprenticeship program is a training and development program of fixed duration and during which time, the apprentice gets both on-the-job training and classroom training, or as it's referred to, related technical instruction. So the employer would identify the specific skills that it's going to teach as part of an on-the-job training program and the number of hours that it's going to teach the apprentice at what intervals of time or during what period of time during the apprentice tenure, the apprentice will learn it, and also what it's going to be teaching in the classroom by way of related instruction. At the end of that process, the apprentice program, if you will, the apprentice graduates to a journeyman status, and that status comes with a higher wage and benefit compensation package. These programs, as I'm referring to them today, they're very often designed with the help of the United States Department of Labor, and they are then approved and subject to oversight by the United States Department of Labor's Bureau of Apprenticeship Training, or BAT, and also potentially by state departments of labor. Russ, are apprenticeship programs the only ways that construction industry employers can develop their human resources? No, no, definitely not, Keith. I mean, look, any employer in any industry can be forward-thinking and can have policies and procedures that are in place and that are designed to provide their employees with continued training and development. These are all good practices, and they all have an eye on providing meaningful career pathing. Apprenticeship, as we speak of it today, is, is just a very highly structured way of doing that. So other than the employee training and the development aspect, are there other advantages for construction industry employers in having access to an apprenticeship program? There definitely are. And when you understand the benefits, as I'll explain them to you, you'll understand why a lot of construction industry employers would go this more structured route and subject themselves to government oversight um, rather than just going it on their own with with, uh, policies and procedures. So here's the story. There are times when having a BAT certified apprenticeship program is actually a prerequisite to winning work, including the potentially billions of dollars worth of public work that will follow if and when we see an infrastructure package come to fruition. So 
Getting access to work is one reason for going the more formal route of an apprenticeship program, but another reason is that when a contractor performs public construction work, so work that is subject to the payment of prevailing wages, which is kind of like minimum wage law for public construction, that contractor is allowed to pay less to a registered apprentice. That is, someone who is participating in a government-approved program as opposed to an in-house development program. So regardless of how sophisticated or effective that in-house program may be, the contractor can only pay the lesser apprentice rate on a prevailing wage project if it participates in one of these government-certified programs. And if you think about the way public jobs are awarded, which is the work goes to the lowest responsible bidder, contractors recognize that lowering their labor cost, including through the use of a formal apprenticeship program, is a way to lower their bid number, which is a way to winning more work. So there are definitely reasons, and I would consider them advantages, that contractors enjoy in addition to the comprehensive training and development that a more formal apprenticeship program affords. Now, if an employer wanted to participate in an apprenticeship program, what would it have to do? You know, really one of two things. It either becomes affiliated with a union or another organization that already has an apprenticeship program. And I don't know the precise percentage, but the vast majority of these programs are sponsored by labor, organized labor or unions, but they don't have to be. There are other organizations out there, industry associations that are not labor associations that have gone and gotten their own apprenticeship programs approved. So an employer can become part of a union, it can become part of an association that already has an apprentice program, or it can create one on its own. And if it wanted to start its own program or create its own program, what would it have to do? Well, the first thing it has to do is you have to look at the line of work that the contractor is in and really break it down to what are the specific types of trades or, or job duties that are at issue. Because the United States Department of Labor maintains a list of apprenticeable occupations, that's the term of art. And if the contractor looks to get an apprenticeship program for an occupation that is on that list of apprenticeable occupations, it's a little bit easier. If it looks to get a apprenticeship program for something that's not on the list of apprenticeable occupations, it's a little bit longer road to hoe that they've got to um, actually get the Department of Labor to approve that new occupation you know, before they can move forward. Uh, assuming that there is an apprenticeable occupation out there, and there's a lot of them out there, so chances are there will be, then an employer should really look at a few samples and determine whether it's got the wherewithal to go it on its own and just approach the Department of Labor and begin the process of developing the on-the-job training component, the related technical instruction component, the record-keeping and audit component, all that are going to be required and the Department of Labor is very good about giving resources to try and assist employers in getting this done. Or, in the alternative, a lot of employers would simply opt to reach out to counsel or a consultant for, for guidance through the process. You know, in, in our case, we've been down this road before with employers in, in a bunch of different trades, and I'm sure many other labor attorneys have, but sometimes it's really well worth the investment to cut to the chase in terms of how to get this done and rather not learn to navigate the system on their own. Well, that's a lot of great information, but I think we're out of time. I want to thank you, Russ, for your insight on this subject. It sounds like we're going to be hearing a lot more about apprenticeships in the next few years. And now our listeners will know what to do and whom to call for assistance. On that note, you can find Russ McEwen's bio and contact information on www.littler.com. Thanks again, Russ. Hey, thank you, Keith. I appreciate your time. The purpose of this program is to provide helpful information for employers addressing the latest developments in labor and employment relations. 
It is not a substitute for experienced legal counsel and does not provide legal advice or attempt to address the numerous factual issues that arise in any employment-related issue. To discover other labor and employment podcast series from Littler, the largest global employment and labor law practice, visit littler.com slash podcasts.